Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's the deal. I'm cheating a bit with today's episode. And by that, I mean, instead of recording a whole new episode, I'm going to present to you another episode of my other podcast. Now, this was originally published for my patrons on Wednesday, January the 20th. And at the time I'd recorded it, I knew that I was going to release it over here on Just Another Fanboy eventually. So here it is. But actually, before we start, I want to just remind everybody about Event or Else, the other podcast that I do that's all about event comics. We're currently in season one of Event or Else, where I'm talking about Marvel Superhero Secret Wars from 1984, and episode three, which covers issue number three, was released just this past Monday. But hey, how about I just play you a clip? This is from a segment I call Three Things to Dwell On. The top three things to dwell on are three moments in the book that I feel need to be given just a bit more thought. They might be funny moments, they might be stupid moments. They could even be moments of serious drama that make me feel a little something in my heart. Regardless, they're moments that I think are worth the time to revisit. Thing to dwell on number three, Iron Man's jet skates. So yeah, as I mentioned, as Iron Man and Captain Marvel are racing through their fortress looking for signs of damage from the storm, Captain Marvel is flying. Iron Man, however, is using his jet-powered roller skates, which, to be honest, is more than a little ridiculous, and I felt that a bit of research was called for. Tony Stark originally created the jet-powered roller skates for the military back in Tales of Suspense number 40 from April of 1963. They had many advantages for the military at the time. With the skates, an entire division of troops could race down a highway at 60 miles an hour, negating the need for trucks. They were also collapsible and could be stored in any pack, and then clamped onto the sole of any boot when needed. Now, Tony didn't use them with the armor, however, until four issues later. In issue number 45, from September of 1963, when we see him in his old, clunky gold armor, racing down the highway before deciding to take to the sky. He's even clocked and chased for a bit by a pair of motorcycle cops who give up once they realize it's Iron Man. Oddly enough, the troopers know an awful lot about the skates. We should have guessed. Look who it is. Iron Man using his jet skates. Those transistor-powered wheels of his can do 200 miles an hour. But here's the thing. They may have been an impressive feat of technology in 1963, 
But this issue that we're talking about here, this issue of Secret Wars, came out in 1984, over 20 years later. And frankly, I'm questioning why Jim Shooter felt the need to include them at all. Was it nostalgia? Was Jim still impressed by jet-powered roller skates? Honestly, I have no idea, and I couldn't find anything out there on the internet. There you go. Iron Man and his rocket skates. It's a real thing. You can find the full video show over on YouTube or Facebook, or you can listen to the audio version wherever you get podcasts. But really, I've made it easy for y'all. Just go over to eventorelse.com and you can find the links to everywhere the video or audio is played. The link, of course, will be in the show notes. And this time I mean it. It appears that I may have said the very same thing the last two times I had talked about Event or Else on the show and yet didn't add the link in the show notes. But I've done it this time, I assure you. All right, I've delayed long enough. I now present to you my other podcast, episode 164, Kevin Smith's Dogma. Enjoy. So there was this movie from back in the 90s, like 99, I think it was. And it was all about these two angels that had been kicked out of heaven and they wanted to get back in. And so they had found this loophole to allow them to get back into heaven, but not as angels, as mortal beings. But in order to do so, it would prove God fallible and thus negate all existence. And to be honest with you, uh, I kind of want to talk about that movie. Welcome to another episode of My Other Podcast. My name is Steven, and I'm your host. You're the listener. I'm the host. How's it going? If I could give you a hug, I probably wouldn't. I'm not much of a hugger. So back in the 90s, the mid to late 90s, I was obsessed with a filmmaker by the name of Kevin Smith. This is the guy, if you're not aware, he became famous Just from his first movie, an independent black and white movie called Clerks. He is also a world-renowned nerd. In fact, he sold his comic book collection to help come up with the money he needed to make Clerks. He also maxed out a number of credit cards. And um, it all worked out for him, of course, because he's made all that money back. And he's gone on to make other films, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Jersey Girl, Clerks 2, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, Tusk, Red State, Yoga Hosers. He's made a lot of movies. And after Jersey Girl, I kind of fell out of love for Kevin Smith. And I, this is not the episode to go into all that, but I used to be obsessed with him in the, in the 90s. And he made this movie after Chasing Amy called Dogma. And that's really why I'm here today, is to talk about Dogma. This is why I had to come down here this morning, man. This is why I had to miss my cartoons. You call me, you tell me it's important. We're going home. Thank you, man. Quit leering at me. People are going to think I just broke up with you. Two fallen angels have just discovered a loophole that can get them back into heaven. Outstanding work! All they have to do is get to Red Bank, New Jersey. There's only one problem. What are you? 
Stop a couple of angels from entering and thus negating all existence. I hate it when people need it spelled out for them. Now, time to charge you with a holy crusade. One person has been chosen to stop them, but she won't have to do it alone. I'm Jay. This is my head real life mate, Sam Bob. You gotta be kidding me. Prophets. Speaking. What about sex? No sex. Guys, I guess just don't follow the sky, you know. Oh, that sucks. What are you? I was the 13th apostle. You knew Christ. No. Brother owes me 12 bucks. I thought she looked familiar. Let me guess. 14th apostle. I'd like some tickets to New Jersey, please. Jersey's sold out, sir. I suggest you not underestimate the staggering drawing power of the Garden State. They're successful. You, me, all of this ends in a heartbeat. I feel like Han Solo, you're Chewie, and she's Ben Kenobi. Prepare to taste God's wrath. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Dude, I swear to God. Tonight. It's got a great sense of humor. Take sex, for example. Sex is a joke. <laughs> the way I understand it, it's mostly a joke down here, too. <laughs> Get it? Now, the main reason I'm talking about it is because I was watching something on YouTube and they were playing. It was like the top 10 funny moments that happened in the background of a scene in a movie. And one of them happened to be during the movie Dogma. And it was actually I don't remember noticing it when I had seen the movie originally. And I had seen it a number of times because, like I said, I was obsessed with Kevin Smith. And I decided, you know what? I kind of want to watch Dogma again. I realized that it had been probably 15 years since I'd seen the movie. And in fact, uh, last year would have been the 20 year anniversary. And it probably, like I said, 15 years since I've seen the movie. And I enjoyed it back then, like I said, obsessed. And so I went online to see where it might be streaming and it's not streaming anywhere. So I thought, well, maybe I might have to buy it. The movie was never all that popular. So if a digital version is available on like Amazon or on Voodoo. I'm sure it's not going to be that expensive. And I couldn't find it anywhere for sale. And so as I started to look into it, I discovered a few things about this movie. So Kevin Smith's first movie was made through Miramax. Uh, Harvey Weinstein and his brother, they ran Miramax, which was owned by Disney. And when he did Dogma, Miramax was going to put that movie out as well. But there was a big problem with Dogma because it was a it's it speaks on religion and especially the Catholic Church. And a lot of people who were a Catholic, B, Christian, C, religious, they found it very offensive. And knowing that Miramax was owned by Disney People were really upset that Disney, in essence, was putting out a movie like this. And so Disney was trying to put a halt 
to the whole thing. They were trying to shut it down. And the Weinsteins decided that the only way that this movie was going to be made is if they just bought the movie outright. They bought it from, from I guess, uh, Disney and Miramax. And then they had it released through Lionsgate. So at that point, and at this point now, the Weinsteins own that movie. And then, of course, we know what's what's happened to Harvey Weinstein. The man's in jail because he's a giant evil creep. Well, apparently back in 2017, Harvey Weinstein called Kevin Smith, had a conversation with him over the phone and basically told him he really wanted to re-release Dogma. You know, the anniversary, the 20 year anniversary was coming up. People probably would would love to see it again. Uh, put it back out in theaters, do another DVD release, get it out there on the digital services. And he even went as far as to suggest that Kevin Smith make a sequel to Dogma, which Kevin Smith was all about. And then the, the, the phone and the phone call ends. Everything seems really cool. Kevin Smith is really excited. He's, he's going to see his movie re-released again and he may be making a sequel to it. And then a few months later, like three to four months later is when everything happened with Harvey Weinstein. All this stuff came out. He was arrested. He went to jail and blah, 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 and all that. And I believe Kevin Smith has gone on record to say that he felt that that phone call had nothing to do with dogma. It was more Harvey Weinstein knew that this information was coming out. He knew that he would be, you know, of course he knew he was guilty because he's an evil creep, but he was trying to, I guess, Kevin Smith felt that the phone call was him trying to round up his supporters, just trying to see who might support him in the coming months. And of course, Kevin Smith did not in any way support him. And the whole uh, revelation of, of who Harvey Weinstein was apparently really kind of hurt Kevin Smith quite a bit because he owes his entire career to this man. And I don't remember the exact quote. I'm, he's talked about it before. And he basically said something to the effect of he 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 owed his career to this man. He was making money because of this man. And the whole time uh, people were suffering because of this big, creepy sexual predator that Harvey Weinstein was. And in fact, I don't remember. I, I don't have anything in front of me, but based on a video I watched this weekend, he even, Kevin Smith even has gone as far as to pledge at that time. He, I'm assuming he's still doing it because he said starting, starting then he was going to donate $2,000 a month for the rest of his life to, I think the organization is called Women in Film, which helps, uh, women filmmakers and actresses and all that stuff. And so, um, he basically at that point, he's like, I've written off the film. You know, it's it sucks that I can't uh, show it anymore. I can't re-release it. I don't own it. Um, I'm never going to be able to sell it or repackage it or anything like that. But for him, the act of making the movie um, is really all he needed. So as far as he's concerned, the movie is dead. And that kind of made me sad because I do remember quite enjoying the movie. As a matter of fact... I was so into Kevin Smith that by the time that movie uh, had come out, I had found the script online and I had read the script. I'd never done that before. I don't know that I've done it since, except for maybe uh, Monty Python stuff. So going into the movie, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And the movie, the the script that I had found online, the movie followed that fairly closely. Um, 
But I was kind of bummed because now I'm not going to be able to probably ever watch it again. However, as I was looking for information about what's what the deal was with this movie, it looks as if a number of people have put the movie up on YouTube. And I watched it on YouTube last night. It was a very good copy. Um, it was the entire movie. It was uncensored. And it's been up there for three years. So you got to assume that if it was going to be taken down due to copyright issues, it would have been taken down by now. So if you haven't seen the movie, you can find it right now on YouTube. I will say, if you don't know anything about Kevin Smith, don't watch this movie in front of your children. Um, while there is no nudity in it, it is very graphic as far as the language. He has these two characters, Jay and Silent Bob. He plays the character of Silent Bob. They've been in pretty much every movie he's made. And Jay is probably the most foul-mouthed individual you're ever going to hear on a movie. Um, I used to find that quite funny when I was in my late 20s, early 30s. But now that I'm almost 50, I don't find it quite as funny anymore. But I, I still enjoyed watching the movie. The movie, I think, is quite genius. Um, so it's, it is loosely based on the Catholic religion and what little Kevin Smith knows about the Catholic religion. He was raised Catholic. Um, so he basically, he, okay, so. Let me see if I can try to explain this. You've got these two angels. I, I played the audio from the trailer earlier, so that should pretty much fill you in on what the movie is about. But you've got these two angels played by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, um, Bartleby and Loki. They have been kicked out of heaven and have been forced to spend eternity in Wisconsin. Now, they are still angels but they can't get back into heaven. And that's that's pretty much all they want to do. They want to get back into heaven. And Bartleby has sent an article about a Catholic church in New Jersey, which is reaching its, its centennial. It's been around for 100 years. And there's this little-known Catholic law uh, that says that on the date of the centennial, when you walk through the doors of the church... Um, I can't remember the exact term, planner, planiary, and I can't remember it. Um, but when you walk through the doors of the church, all of your sins are immediately forgiven and washed away. And so the moment you walk into the church, you are ready for heaven, basically. And let, you know, you, you are free of sin. And so Bartleby has come up with this plan that they will travel to New Jersey. They will become human, and the only way you, they can become human is by having their wings torn off. Once their wings are torn off, they uh, transubstantiate, I think is the word they used, into human beings. They walk through the door. They become uh, human beings that are free of sin. They come back outside. They die, and then they're immediately sent to heaven. Loki likes this plan. But he wants to do a little something more to celebrate. And by celebrate, he wants to go and kill a bunch of people on the way to New Jersey. Uh, Loki was the angel of death. He was responsible for Sodom and Gomorrah. He was responsible for the flood that killed everybody on the planet Earth except for Noah and his his animals. He was responsible for the deaths of the firstborn in Egypt. And so he wants to um, he wants to make a stop off at this corporation that has they there's this animated character. He's like Mickey Mouse, but he's called Mooby the Golden Calf. And he has become huge like 
Mickey Mouse and he's had movies made about him, you know, animated movies and TV shows and toys. There's a chain of restaurants called Moobies that's like McDonald's. And he wants to go and basically murder the board of directors uh, for becoming um, for creating a false idol that takes worship away from God. Well, the angels, of course, get word of this. And what they realize is, is uh, this loophole for Bartleby and Loki is going to work. But because God is the one that kicked them out of heaven, if they use this loophole to get back into heaven, then they are proving God wrong. And the very nature of existence depends upon God being infallible. And so by using this loophole, they prove God is fallible and thus existence will cease to exist. Well, God is no longer around. He, we find out that he likes to, he likes to go down to earth once a month, take the form of a human being, um, and play skee-ball. Apparently God is a, is a big skee-ball fanatic. Well, there's a demon named Azriel who is played by Jason Lee. He wants the world to cease existing. So he's, he's the one that started this whole thing. He sent the article to Bartleby. He's trying to keep, um, He's trying to keep heaven from stopping Bartleby and Loki. And um, he knows that the one person that's going to stop them is God himself or uh, herself, as we find out in the movie. And so he's got these three demons, these 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 triplets who are basically these these three kids on rollerblades with hockey sticks. And they attack God in his human form and they beat him nearly to death. The trick is, is to keep him alive but in a comatose state, because once he dies, he just goes back up to heaven and he, as God and boom, and he, he, he can he can stop everything. And so Metatron, who is played by the great and the late Alan Rickman, he comes down to Earth and he visits Bethany, who's played by Linda Florentino. She, we find out, is the scion. She is a direct descendant of Jesus Christ. She's basically the great, 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 great grandniece of Jesus. And he sets her on this task to go stop these angels. And to provide her with some help, he says she'll be met along the way with these two prophets who end up being Jay and Silent Bob. And then Chris Rock plays a character named Rufus, who is the 13th apostle, who has been left out of the Bible because he's black. And he is a big rabble rouser up in heaven because he's very angry that the Bible is all wrong. And the big thing that the Bible got wrong is that they basically they Jesus is a, is a white guy when actually he's a black man. And then they also meet a muse played by Salma Hayek. And so their their job is to stop. Bartleby and Loki from entering the church. And so at some point on their journey, the the roles of Loki and Bartleby somewhat switch. Loki wants to kill all these people. Bartle, Bartleby doesn't really. I mean, he's Bartleby is a uh, as far as the angels are concerned, he's like a clerk, whereas Loki is the warrior. He had a flaming sword at one point and uh, and all that. And he, you know, he did God's work. Uh, as far as killing folk. Um, and it was Bartleby that convinced Loki to go to God and lay down his fiery sword and quit his position as the angel of death because he felt sorry for human beings. And that's when God kicked them out of heaven because uh, they dared to defy him. 
So at some point in their journey, uh, Bartleby realizes that, well, he, he, in his mind, God is wrong and he wants to take revenge on God. He learns that what they're going to do will, will cease existence and he doesn't care. He's actually kind of looking forward to it. And so he ends up being really kind of the bad guy. You, I mean, Azrael is the bad guy, but so is Bartleby. Loki, yes, but not so much. Anyway, it's it's a it's just a fascinating movie. It's it was done on uh, somewhat of a slight indie budget, so the the special effects aren't great. They're not terrible for 1999, but they're not great. Um, I would really be interested to see. It would be really interesting to see if Kevin Smith were able to remake that movie today, what it would look like. Uh, but I think the movie holds up. I really do. I think it was a lot of fun. And again, once you look past all the childish potty humor and, you know, all that stuff, it it really is a, a really fantastic tale. It's a really good, interesting and I'll even say it. I think it's genius. I think it's a genius story. Now, the funny thing is, is that after I got done watching and I went to find some more videos about the movie and I found a YouTube channel out there that are two Catholic priests that react to things. And they are they did a video where they are reacting to this movie, but only certain scenes. And it is edited. And uh, I didn't watch much of it because they spend a lot of time just talking about uh, what he got, what Kevin Smith got wrong as far as the way he um, understood the way these, these Catholic rules were like the whole idea of, of walking through the, the, the doorway of the church and having your sins washed away and then going to heaven. They, they really had a, a lot of problem with that. They were, they were really fun natured kind of guys and they were, they were actually quite funny. But um, after a while, I just got kind of tired of them just talking about how, how wrong uh, he got it. And I, you know, I don't care. I don't care that he got a lot of it wrong when it came to the, the fricking rules and regulations of the Catholic religion. Cause that really isn't the point. I think he took what is a very interesting idea and designed, uh, wrote a very fascinating tale around it. And it was, it really was a lot of fun. If you don't mind very foul mouthed movies, this is, this is one I would highly recommend, especially since, like I said, you can watch it on YouTube for free. And that's really the only place you're going to watch it. You could go to Amazon or Walmart and buy a copy of the DVD, but you're only going to find copies that are being sold by other sellers in the marketplace. And they're selling them for like 150 bucks because they're not making these DVDs anymore. So uh, yeah, Dogma. I really, really, really enjoyed it. The first dozen times I watched it back in, you know, between 99 and probably 2000 and really enjoyed it again this time around. I had a lot of good laughs with it and just I don't know. I just I thought that I would watch it and I would just be shaking my head the whole time going, I uh, can't believe I enjoyed this movie at one at one point, because that's how I felt when I recently rewatched Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. But it really is a good movie. It really is a it's like it's the movie from what I remember back then. It's a movie that he had written possibly even before he did Clerks. It's a movie that he'd been wanting to do for a long time. So he 
he had a lot of passion for this movie, but of course he couldn't make the movie until he had some money to do some of these special effects. And, you know, it sucks that, that the movie's not out there anymore. Maybe one day the rights will revert back to him. Um, but I'm glad for him that he was, he was able to make it because obviously it was a, a movie that was very, very dear to his heart. And I'm just glad he was able to tell that story. I'm again, I'm not a big Kevin Smith fan anymore, but I'm happy for him. That was it. That's the episode. That's dogma. Have you seen it? If not, are you going to go watch it? I'd like to hear your thoughts on the movie, whether you liked it, didn't like it. Did it offend you? Did you think it was stupid? Did you love it? You know, how, however you felt about it, I'd like to know. You can leave your comments there on the on the Patreon or on the, the Facebook page, uh, frankly. Now, before I wrap it up, I've only got one more live stream scheduled at this point. I don't have any more in the bag, as it were. I, I haven't really reached out to a bunch of people lately. I've reached out to two. Neither of them were available and wouldn't be available till March or April. So I've kind of... I don't want to say I've lost my desire to do the live streams, but I feel like I, I kind of need a break. But we're, we're going to have one on Sunday. Uh, Harold and I are getting together again to talk about a Captain America book, and that'll be 10 live streams. So I did 10 weeks in a row. I'm going to take a little break, see who else I can line up. I am getting really kind of tired of the is the technical issues I've been having on the live streams. So there's a part of me that just wants to forgo doing the live streams altogether and maybe start doing once a month, find a guest that I can hook up with through Zoom or something that I can just record the audio and put it out there as a as a podcast once once a month or so. But I've uh I think I I think I need a little break from the live streams. It may not be a long break, but you're gonna get number 10 on Sunday with Harold and then who knows where we're gonna go from there. There, there are just certain things I really kind of need if I'm going to do live streams and I'm going to do them any justice. Um, and speaking of which, I will be talking about this on the Just Another Fanboy podcast when I start releasing episodes. Of course, I've recorded two episodes and I didn't talk about it on either one, but I put together an Amazon wish list for stuff I need and want for the podcast. And the two things I kind of need for the, if I want to continue to do live streams is a better webcam, first of all, because the one I'm using is the one that's just on the laptop. And anybody will tell you that the standard webcams that come on laptops, they're functional, but they're they're not they're not quality. So um, I need a good webcam and then I need a well, it's 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 a mic stand, basically, that it's a, it's one of those extender arms that will clip on the table and. So the mic will just kind of float there in front of my face, um, which I, I need one of those because it'll pick up sound better. Um, but yeah, and it, link will be in the show notes. I'm not I'm not asking you all for anything. You're already providing me with with uh, the, the Patreon stuff. But I just want to let you know that it's out there. OK, just in case I ain't too proud to beg. You know what I'm saying? But um, I don't know what else I have to say about that. I guess nothing. That's the episode, folks. Have a good weekend. I'm out.
welcome to another episode of my other podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steven. And I just want to let you all know that I think um, going into this episode, I'm fairly certain I'm going to use this over on the Just Another Fanboy feed as well. So this is being released for my patrons over on the Patreon on Friday, January 22nd. As far as you folks over on the Just Another Fanboy feed, I don't know when I'm going to be releasing this to y'all. I don't know what day it is that you're listening to this. So it could be February. It could be March. I'm not quite sure just yet. I just know that I want to give it to everybody. I originally planned on recording this episode for Just Another Fanboy, but as it is January 18th as I'm recording this, I didn't want to... I didn't want to hold on to it until I got back from break because currently I'm on break from just another fanboy and I wanted to get out there. I wanted to get it out there as soon as possible because I don't know, because I just if I'm going to talk about something, I feel like sharing it. Why? Why do I have to explain myself? I don't know. I'm going to start all over. This is what we call a blooper as it was were bloopers is what I do when I don't plan on things to give to you. My daughter just woke up. I'm recording an episode and my daughter just walked out and boy, am I embarrassed. That's a blooper too. Hello and welcome to another episode of my other podcast. I'm your host and my name is Stephen Dogma. That's what I want to talk about today. Dogma. If you didn't catch that, if you didn't understand based on the intro, that's the movie I want to talk about. Of course, all you have to do is look at the title, Kevin Smith's Dogma. That's the title of the episode. Should have been fairly obvious at that point. Niles, come here. Niles, you come lay down. Lay down. Lay down. My dog getting up all in my face while I'm trying to record. I guess that would be another blooper, wouldn't it? Probably, I suppose. Let me tell you a story about a man named Bloop and a doop-a-doop-boop-a-doop. Blooper, 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 blooper. I don't plan. I don't make notes. I just make stupid noises with my face. (sighs) Take three. What a big frickin' truck's driving by. So at some point on their journal, their journal, their diary, oh my heart. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Mm-hmm. 